The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, Lord. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life and that the day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. I've got a question for you guys. I made something for us, and we're going to be using it for the next few weeks. It's not a caterpillar. It's a star! It's a star, that's right. Yeah, you guys make these? Really good. That's right. Sometimes when you make these, you tear one ring off every day. And then when the last ring is, uh, and then when only the star is around, that means it's Christmas. Now, how many rings are on there? Can you help me count? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Are there only eight days till Christmas? No. Okay, so something's wrong here, right? There's, there's a lot more days till Christmas. This is a ring we're only going to use on Sundays. And so we only have four more Sundays we're going to go through until Christmas. Now today, we're going to tear these bottom two ones off. Okay? And inside each one of these is going to be something for us to talk about. Okay? So, I need someone to tear this bottom one off. Ava, would you tear the bottom one off? However you want. We'll figure it out. 
Very good. Now, can you read it for us? Hope was. Wait, hope has. Hope has. Okay, so today we're talking about hope. I want you to tell me, I want you to describe hope to me. What does it mean to hope for something? Yeah. Sort of like wish. Yeah. You, th- you want something to happen, right? That's your elf? Okay. Hope is something that you want to happen soon, right? It's something that inside of you, you think about it and you dream about it. Sometimes, not all the time. But you really hope for something, right? So hope has. So hope has a wish and hope has some passion inside your hearts. All right. We got a second one. Can you help me tear this one? Okay. Tear that bottom blue one. Yep. There it is. Good job. All right. Put that over here. Now, what does that say? Flip it upside down. Right there. Do you know what that word is? That's vision. What's that? What's that a picture of? Vision needle. Yeah. Vision. Then we have a picture there. What's that a picture of? An eye. Okay. So it's something that we see, right? It's a vision. Now what? So hope has vision. Hope has sight. What does that mean? What, what's vision? You see. Alyssa. You see from your eyes. You see from your eyes. Very good. What, does it also count if you imagine something? Does it count if you imagine? Yes. Does it count if you imagine something? Yes. Yeah. It does. When we, when we hope for something... We can almost see it. We can almost dream about it. What do you guys hope for? Yeah. Okay, we hope about our Christmas list. Very good. What do you hope about? Same thing. Very good. What do you hope for, Cooper? So you get to spend time with all your friends, don't you? So we hope for that too. As we go through Advent, we're going to talk a lot about hope. And that's something that's inside our hearts so much that we really, really want it to have happen. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But no matter what, I need you to look at my nose. No matter what. God hears those hopes. And God hears those dreams. And even if they don't happen, that doesn't mean that God's not listening. Okay? We'll talk more about this next week. Yes? I have another one. What? Um, I hope that Amanda and her family get back from Florida safely. Yeah. You hope for your friend's safety. That's a very good one. Should we pray? All right. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you give us hearts that hope for things. Sometimes they're silly things like our Christmas lists and sometimes they're really meaningful things like our friends' safety and for our friends gathering together around us. In all these things, we ask that you would hear our hopes, that you would hear our prayers, 
and that you would answer them with good gifts and with honest ones. In your name we pray. Amen. I hope Phineas is going to help me. Thank you. There you go. Thank you, Phineas. You've got that prime seat. There you go. Help me put it back. There we go. Right there. Thank you, Cooper. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of our traditions here in Advent is that we have a candle that we light all the time. And I know that you guys know that each one of these candles over time came to represent something. And so we hang these little banners that tell us about what each of these candles is supposed to represent. And the first one is hope. And we talked a little bit about hope up here. But I wanted to see if uh, these things actually lined up with the lectionary text, and so I went through for all the four Sundays of Advent, and I think they do, by and large. For, day, for today's text, we talk about hope that's kind of long-lasting, that's kind of expanding on a regular basis. But first, I think we need to talk a little bit about what hope really is, and about that vision we were talking about just a few moments before. And so I think a very timely and good example is the hope that uh, did not quite come to fruition that I had yesterday. So yesterday, I had hope that in order to enter the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State, Ohio State would beat Michigan, and this Penn State team I keep hearing all kinds of things about would beat Michigan State. Now, Ohio State held up its end of the bargain. Yeah, I know. Thank you. And the Michigan State team kept it close for like a quarter and a half. I really thought they were in it. Man, did I have a vision of Christian Hackenberg all of a sudden realizing that he can run and of the running back just wrecking the Michigan State defense. And lo and behold, we would get to the Big Ten tournament. But it did not happen. I tell you what, I could see the path that was going to happen. We would be back in the college football playoffs. We would be back in the hunt for a second national championship, but it did not happen. I hoped, and even though it was kind of a silly hope, I understand. I hoped. I could see it, but it didn't happen. Our hope, the things that we hope for, always have vision. It's not always a real specific vision. I mean, I had building blocks in place of what I wanted to have happen. It's not always a real specific vision, but it's something that we can dream of. It's something that we imagine. It's something that we daydream. It's something that we talk about with friends and family. When we hope for something, it's often tied into our reality. It's very specific. When you hope for something, whether it's for healing, or whether it's good news, or whether it's change, or whether it's consistency. It's very often tied to a specific thing. Our hope has vision for our present day. In the text that we have today, we have, again, a couple weeks we talked about, a couple weeks ago we talked about this, we have this really kind of anxious-driven text where the powers of heaven and all of earth 
are kind of being toppled over. But for the people of that time, for the context of the Gospel of Luke in which it was written, these people saw this as their hope. They were under Roman occupation. They were under religious occupation. They were oftentimes persecuted for what was becoming a greater and greater distinction between themselves and not only the Roman authorities, but the Jewish church. And as Christians, when they heard that the authority would no longer be the way that it was, that earthly powers would no longer be the way that they were, and that heaven and earth would both topple, and yet the Son of Man, a very familiar and central figure to their faith, would appear. Their hope had a very specific vision. They hoped that things right now would not continue to be the way that they were. We mentioned just a little bit ago that sometimes our hope has things that truly happen. I'm sure there's a whole pack of people in Michigan right now that are very, very happy that their hopes came true. Sometimes our hopes happen exactly the way that they think they were. And sometimes our hopes change. Sometimes our hopes don't even happen. And that hurts. Something that we've longed for, something that we dreamed for, something that we thought of this many times, it hurts when those things don't happen. I think it bears saying that whether these things happen, whether they don't, we have a God who hears these things. The prayer without ceasing that Paul calls us to, I think, is embodied in many different ways. But in one of the primary ways is in hope. It's in the things that we long for. It's in the things that we imagine. It's in the things that at our core we think will change or happen in some way, some shape, some form, somehow. When things happen the way that we hope they were, they're not always good. When things happen in the way that we never expected or that we never hoped for, they're not always bad. Take this for example. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a pastor, right? Ever since the third grade. But in being a pastor, or in wanting to be a pastor as a kid, I always kind of imagined that it would happen in the congregation that I was growing up in. But then one day I suddenly realized that the pastor probably wanted to keep his job. <laughs> so I couldn't do that. But then my hope changed, and I kind of imagined that, you know, maybe I'll get to be a pastor somewhere in the local area so I could still be in touch with the farm. Well, then I met this really wonderful girl at seminary, and that changed. And I thought, maybe, okay, maybe we'll be around Baltimore. Maybe we'll be around Philadelphia. Maybe we'll be back in Ohio one day. And that changed. And even though in each of those steps, there's a little bit of a loss, there's a little bit of sadness. Every time that that hope changed, the central part of that hope, that I would one day be a pastor, kept being realized. All of a sudden, I fell in with this really great group of people in Orangeville. And my hope is continuing to be realized today. The vision changes, but the hope's consistent. Now, this is a very clean version of the story. There was a lot more struggle in between there. There was a lot more thought in between there, and there was a lot of changes. 
But in this Advent season, in this season where God is beginning to do things and we celebrate that, the hopes that we have may and often change. But the good news is that in the midst of the changes that we have today in the text, in the midst of the changes that will happen to our visions and to your visions and to my visions over time, is that there is one central figure in all of them. The Son of Man. In the text we have today, the Son of Man comes riding on the clouds. Even though that seems like an outlandish picture, it's the one character that these people wanted to see. And even though it seems outlandish to think that God is going to act specifically in our lives, as our hope changes over time, what do you know? The one central character that we can rely on, that we can relate to, that constantly loves us, is there. Knowing that you hurt when these things change, but also knowing that there's blessing as our hope evolves and happens to us over time. As we go out through this Lenten season, I pray that hope is born again in you. The hopes maybe that you once had or even the hopes that you have right now well up inside of you, that the hope that brings vision to prophets and that leads us to the Son of Man might be in your hearts and in mine as we begin our way in Advent. The hope of the gospel be with you all. Amen.